Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHer Con is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's when this MCAI index will start to decrease, and then as those come back, it will start to increase again. So the higher it is, the more people at the bottom of the pyramid can get loans best ever listeners i'm proud to announce many masterminds as a component of this year's best ever conference this year's best ever conference is virtual so we've added something that we've never done before and i'm confident you're going to get a lot of value from it when you join the best ever conference you will be thoughtfully placed into a mini mastermind group And to give you an idea of what these mini masterminds are, it's going to be about six to eight people, fellow Best Ever attendees. And if you've attended the Best Ever Conference, you know that the quality of attendees is very high. And we have experienced investors who are also good people. I'm sure there's some bad people out there, but (laughs) I've never come across them at the conference. They're people who want to help and people who want to network and people who are successful already in commercial real estate. So you'll want to be a part of these mini masterminds. And in these mini masterminds, we're going to thoughtfully place you in a group with other attendees. And you're going to have different meetings virtually with them. And we're going to help facilitate those meetings. So they're going to be all around a topic, and each of the masterminds will have a different topic. For example, one mastermind, you'll talk about what resources, relationships, investments, etc. have made the biggest difference in your life, and what do you think you're missing for that next big life change or that next big milestone in business. So we're going to prompt your mini mastermind group with a topic, and then you all will discuss And we'll do that for seven mini mastermind sessions. So you're going to get to know other attendees really well. And you're going to get the maximum amount of networking opportunities to go deep with people. Because ultimately what I found out is the more people I know is beneficial. But what really moves the needle on business is going deep with a select number of people and really establishing substantive relationships with them. So go to BEC2021.com, sign up for the Best Ever Conference, get thoughtfully placed in 
the mini mastermind group as a result of that. Mini masterminds are going to start November 1st. And when you sign up now, you're going to lock in the best price because prices go up each week. And on top of this, I'm going to give you a code so that you can get 10% off. And that is MYBEC10. So when you sign up at BEC2021.com, put in the code MYBEC10, the number 10, and you'll get an additional 10% off. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. There needed to be a resource on apartment syndication that not only talked about each aspect of the syndication process, but how to actually do each of the things and go into it in detail. And we thought, hey, why not make it free too? That's why we launched Syndication School and Theo Hicks will go through a particular aspect of apartment syndication on today's episode and get into the details of how to do that particular thing. Enjoy this episode. And for more on apartment syndication and how to do things, go to apartmentsyndication.com or to learn more about the apartment syndication school, go to syndicationschool.com so you can listen to all the previous episodes. Hello, best of listeners, and welcome to another episode of the Syndication School series, a free resource focused on the how-tos of apartment syndication. As always, I am your host, Theo Hicks. Each week, we air a podcast episode that focuses on a specific aspect of the apartment syndication investment strategy. And for a lot of these past episodes, we've given away some free resources. These are free PDF how-to guides, free PowerPoint presentation templates, and free Excel calculator templates. All of these resources, as well as the syndication school episodes, will help you along your apartment syndication journey and today we're going to talk about some more current events more market updates and as you can see by the title we're going to talk about the tightened standards that residential lenders have this is a very recent development really within the past six or so months right before the onset of the coronavirus and then the largest decrease in the months of April and May. But before we get into that, some context. So this time last year, real estate was really showing no signs of stopping. Rents were going up. Prices were going up. The stock market was going up. However, like most economic expansions going back multiple years, the economic experts either predicting an impending recession, or at very least preparing their audience for a potential recession. So over a year and a half ago, back in January of 2019, we wrote a blog post entitled, Why I'm Confident Multifamily Will Thrive During and After the Next Economic Recession. And this wasn't something that we kind of just made up or wrote because we focus on Multifamily, obviously, this is a syndication school podcast, but it was based off of some interesting metrics. And so, if you read that blog post, 
one of the main things that we focus on is the portion of renters. And so every year, the percentage of renters and the percentage of owners are tracked. And historically, what happens is once a recession happens, then the numbers start to sway more towards more renters. So the rentership population will start going up. And then once the recession is over, it'll keep going up for a little bit into the next economic expansion. But then eventually it starts going back down and more and more people start to buy homes again because the economy's turned around and the cycle kind of repeats itself. So that's held true from my understanding every single recession to economic expansion cycle, except for the most recent economic recession. So the one that started in 2006 and ended in 2008, that recession obviously started off with more and more people renting, but then people continued to rent more and more, even into the economic expansion. So in that article, we talk about how the decade after the recession resulted in an overall increase in the renter population of 25%. And then in 2016, a decade after the start of the recession, more U.S. households were renting than any point in the last 50 years. So it was between 3% to 1% increase during the 2010-2015, so kind of the back end where that economy was booming. And during this time, the Dow Jones actually tripled. Unemployment was cut in half. GDP rose by nearly $5 trillion, yet more people were renting. So we said because of this, and then because of, at the time, this data isn't super relevant anymore, but it was essentially looking at some surveys of renters saying what they expected to do. They expect to move. They expect to keep renting. They expect to buy. If their rent increased, would they move? Things like that. So because of all of this, we said, well, even if there was a recession, because of the increase in renter population during the most recent economic expansion and the increase in renter population during all historical recessions, and due to the fact that the reason why people decided to rent while the economy was booming aren't going away, therefore, we expect multifamily to still be strong during and after the next recession. And so the next blog post I want to point you to is another one that we wrote. And this one we wrote in June is called Demand for Multifamily Rentals to Increase by Nearly 50% in the Next Five Years. So we talked about in the Why I Am Confident Multifamily Will Thrive blog post, some of the reasons why more people were renting while the economy was booming and it had to do with student debt, poor credit, tighter lending standards, which we'll talk about today. People starting families later and the inability to afford home payments and how these weren't going away. And then sure enough, a year and a half later, a study comes out in June 17th that says that we project the home ownership rate to decline before partially recovering by 2025. But during this five-year period from 2020 to 2025, demand for rental housing will increase somewhere between 33% and 49%. And why? This article says because of people starting families later, student debt, inability to make down payments, tightened lending standards, right? And so these are reasons why people aren't going to be buying homes and the rental demand is going to go up. So that was in June. And then one of the things that they talked about in that article, one of the things that we talked about and why I'm confident multifamily will thrive during and after the next recession is this concept of tightened lending standards. So the study talked about tightened lending standards. It's been talked about since the previous recession. So the main topic of today 
is going to be talking about what that means for multifamily investors. Kind of obvious what that means, right? If it's hard to get a loan for a residential home, then by default, people are going to rent. But I want to get kind of into more specifics as to how that is measured. So there's a very interesting monthly report is released each month by an organization called Mortgage Bankers Association, MBA. Not to be confused with getting your MBA in, in business. And they have a index called the Mortgage Credit Availability Index or the MCAI. So that's just one of those indexes where they take a date and say it's 100 at this date. And then everything else is kind of compared to that date. And so is it getting better or is it getting worse? So according to MBA, it's the only standardized quantitative index that focuses solely on mortgage credit. And so the way the index is supposed to work is that it's a comparison tool. And so the index is of 100 was set in March 2012. And you look at it month over month and say, okay, if this index is declining, that means that the lending standards are tightening. If this index is increasing then that means that the lending standards are loosening. So essentially what this means is that the higher this number is and the more is increasing, the more people qualify for financing. The lower it is, then the less people qualify for financing. So they started tracking this data monthly and I believe it was March of 2011. So since March 2011, all the way up until November of 2019, there's been some months where it's gone down, been some dips, but overall the trend line is essentially straightly diagonal up. So it's going at a 45 degree angle. So it's kind of gradually increasing at the same rate every year, every month during that time. So it started back in December 2012 in the high 80s, so a little bit less than the benchmark. And then it's steadily increased up into the high 180s. So lending centers are a lot looser in November of 2019 than they were in 2012 because of the recession and then what happened because the news broke of the coronavirus it wasn't very concentrated until march but there were reports on it in december and so it began to slowly decline and then once things started closing down and everyone became aware of the coronavirus that is when this index started to decline a lot so there were two really large drops i included in this blog post which is on our, our website right now called Residential Lenders Tightening Their Lending Standards, Why This Is Good News for Multifamily Investors. So you take a look at these actual graphs, you see a massive cliff, <laughs> a massive fall off starting in March of 2020. And so it dropped by 16.1% in one month down to 152. The next month it declined by another 12.2% down to 133.5. And then it had some minor drops and then dropped again by about 5% last month in August down to 120.9, which is the lowest has been since March of 2014. So within a six-month period, there was a very large, almost 50% reduction in this. I guess it was a 50%. It went from about high 180s down to the 120s. So a drop of about 60 points. So close to 50% drop, more like a 33% drop, I guess. But anyways... So the Associate VP of Economic Industry Forecasting for MBA, whenever they release these monthly reports, they'll have a quote from him where he'll kind of talk about why it went up, why it went down, what this means. So the quote that I have here is very interesting. So he says that, quote, credit continues to tighten 
because of uncertainty still looming around the health of the job market. Even as other data on loan applications and home sales show a sharp rebound. In the sharp rebound, there's an article that came out, I believe today, about a big jump in home sales. You can find that in Bloomberg. Anyways, so continuing the quote, he says, A further reduction in loan programs with low credit scores, high LTVs, and reduced documentation requirements also continue to drive the overall decline in credit availability. So this gives you an idea of how this MCAI index works. So essentially, I'm trying to think of a good analogy, but basically you've got this pyramid of loans. And so at the bottom, you've got the loans that the most people qualify for. And at the very top of the pyramid, you've got the loans that you need to have astounding credit, right? have a high net worth, high liquidity to qualify for these types of loans. Whereas at the bottom, you can have a low credit score, very low down payment. You don't really need much documentation. Think back and before the crash, we didn't need any documentation whatsoever. You can just write down your income and get a loan. So that would kind of be the most obvious example of this. Well, that bottom of the pyramid, those are the first types of loans to go away. And so once those are eliminated, that's when this MCAI index will start to decrease. And then as those come back, it will start to increase again. So the higher it is, the more people at the bottom of the pyramid can get loans. So what he's saying in this quote is that because of the coronavirus, lenders are tightening their standards. What this means is that you need a higher credit score. I believe we did an article and maybe it's indication school episode about um, maybe it was Morgan Stanley or, or one of the big banks was eliminating any residential loans to candidates that had a credit score below 650, I believe. I think it was JP Morgan or maybe it was Morgan Stanley. I was one of those two. So again, since we talked about in that why I'm confident and multifamily article, the man for multifamily, why are it going up? Well, because of the inability to make a down payment. Why is the MCAI index going down? Because of the high LTV loans being eliminated. Another reason why people are renting is because of the credit scores and they can't qualify. Well, even more people aren't going to be qualified for loans now because they're eliminating low credit score loans up to 650. And then reduced documentation, I guess, wasn't technically addressed in any of the previous blog posts. So overall, as I mentioned in the beginning, people are always going to need a place to live. That's like the last thing that they'll give up. They'll give up a car, they'll give up entertainment, they'll give up everything before they give up a place to actually live. And when it comes to having a place to live, you really only have two major options at least. You can either rent a home or you can buy a home. So as indicated by these massive MCAI declines since the end of 2019, less and less people are going to be able to qualify for residential mortgages. So the programs available to people with low credit who can't afford a high down payment for a lower LTV loan, those aren't available anymore. So if those people who would have qualified for those loans don't qualify for them anymore, their only other option, since they can't buy a house, is to rent. And so by default, more people are going to be renting. So that's kind of the main crux of this post of this podcast is to take a look at these different metrics and see is this good for buyers or is this good for renters? And it's good for buyers and obviously people who fix and flip homes, they're going to benefit from those types of economies. If it's better for renters, the people who do buy and hold are going to benefit. People who do apartments are going to benefit. Now, the last thing I did want to mention before I sign off, I just thought this was kind of an interesting tidbit that was added on to these reports. So I was trying to think, 
I see that there's a big drop, but this data only goes back until 2011. So like what happened with this MCAI index? What happened with lending standards after the 2007 through 9 recession? So at the very end of these MCAI reports, they have a graph where they say, we expanded the data back by about a decade. So we have it go back all the way to 2004. Up to 2011 is this kind of this old approach where they're able to pull this MCAI data. It was generated annually. And then they kind of like interpolated it back to being monthly. So it's not super accurate. Whereas after March of 2011, they were able to pull these reports monthly. And so the data is going to be a lot more accurate. So when you look at this graph, you see that, well, <laughs> before the crash, this MCAI index was almost in the 900s. And so when they go back to June of 2004, it's about 400. And then it shoots up to about 900 in mid-2006. And then from the end of 2006 to mid-2008 is when it drops down back to 100. So when you compare the more recent drop in the MCAI index, over the past 10 years, it's a pretty big drop. But if you open it up to 20 years, then it's not that big of a drop. And so when I read that, it makes me think that, okay, well, the decline in the MCAI index, the reaction was not as severe because apparently the Stellanis were a lot more loose before the 08 recession compared to now. And so hopefully that indicates that this recession or this setback or this slowdown, depending on who you talk to, is not going to be or is not as severe as 2008. So again, it'd be good to check out the blog post that we have, residential lenders tightening their lending standards, why this is good news for multifamily investors, just to see those graphs. Or you can also go to the website that has the monthly reports. It's called mba.org. And then it's the mortgage credit availability index underneath their news research and resources page and kind of click through a few things and you'll be able to find it. So that concludes this episode. So more good news for multifamily investors. Make sure you check out some of the other syndication globals we have about the how-tos of apartment syndication. Check out those free documents as well. Thank you for tuning in. Have a best ever day and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Here's the problem with virtual events. You don't get to connect with others in the way that you would for in-person events. So with this year's best ever conference, it is virtual and we're fixing that problem. We are introducing many masterminds where you're going to get to know six to eight real estate investors who are accomplished and who will help you and you will help them grow each other's business. Go to BEC2021.com, sign up for the Best Ever Conference, and enter the code MYBEC10, and you'll get a 10% off on top of the lowest price, which is today, because the prices go up each week. BEC2021.com. Are you looking to get started in multifamily investing or looking to grow your portfolio? Nathan Tabor has created an online course that is slammed with incredibly useful and practical information. Check it out at apartments.nathantabor.com.